Hello and welcome to the PhD Life Raft podcast. I'm Emma Brzezinski and today I am talking to the gorgeous Kate Henry. We are talking about how to plan for a productive summer and Kate shares some really practical tips for both long and short-term planning and also how to avoid that summer burnout. So I do hope you enjoy this episode. Kate. Hi Emma, I'm so excited to chat today. No, oh, I know it's so lovely. It is so lovely. You are a return visitor um, and and indeed conversations in between and uh, you, you're you awesome and it's so lovely to have you back here and you are particularly back because we are working on a project together um, which is going to be happening um, in June and we'll talk a little bit more about that um, later on but the details for that project which is setting people up for the summer um for a great summer with their phd we'll have the details in the show notes um and as i say we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end but to begin with um thank you for coming back the, the coming back of course means though that we already have your your story so we thought because today's theme is about um kind of supporting people through the summer we talk about your journey into the kind of the 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 ideas that you work with um as you support others so tell us a little bit about uh, your journey your productivity journey totally I am very excited to share this so I have a background in academia. I did 10 straight years of grad school, an MFA, a master's, a PhD, all in a row. (laughs) I know it was a lot. It was fun, but it was a lot. And I developed chronic health conditions when I was about three years from finishing. So in 2017, and it completely turned my world upside down because up until that point, I was used to always winning all the awards. I was used to working 10 plus hours a day, working on the weekends and really tied my personal worth to my output and how successful I was as an academic, which I am sure many of your listeners (laughs) will resonate with. And when I developed these chronic health conditions, I could no longer overwork. And I had to admit that I was a total workaholic. So that left me scrambling, freaking out, unsure what to do. And I just basically retaught myself how to practice productivity in a way that would be sustainable. And so I could finish my dissertation, but also take care of myself and my physical health and my mental health. And that led me to learn about slow living and practice what I call slow productivity, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. And um, having this new slower, mindful, intentional approach helped me to be productive, get things done, but set and hold a lot of boundaries around my availability to work less and work more intentionally and really prioritize taking care of myself. 
So this led me through finishing my dissertation, but I knew I wanted to support other folks who also lived with health, uh, chronic health conditions, who were overwhelmed, working parents, people who are working full-time jobs and in grad school. And I developed this slow productivity approach to guide people to set their goals more intentionally, prioritize taking care of their personal resources while they're working and, um, I'm particularly interested in supporting folks with chronic health conditions because it can be really difficult to thrive in academia if academia is not necessarily set up to be accessible to everyone. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And there's some gorgeous work coming through now around ableism in academia um, and about time too in, in terms of the culture that is there and the way in which it it, it it's as you say, not set up, does not encourage, in fact, can actually pre- prevent people from from doing from contributing, for doing their work. Um, and so I, I love, love, love what you do. I am sorry that it comes from a place of you struggling. But as you say, that isn't an uncommon story. And actually, lots of people get so, um, you know, become very ill during their PhD journey. This is a it's a common story because of because of lots of things that are going on for them um so now i i say i love the the ideas that you have you you work with now um and how empowering they are for people um and we could have taken this discussion in many different ways um, <laughs> true but, but we but we thought we'd focus particularly on the summer because the, the summer feels like it's going to be an amazing thing people kind of go right well when it gets to the summer I'm going to do this, this, and this, and it's going to be amazing. And then we get into the summer and it starts to feel really overwhelming or it just feels really difficult or you're not able to do what you want to do. And so um, we're working on this this project, the month of Mondays, which is running through June, which is going to be every Monday, there'll be a live session to support people. Um, But we wanted to talk today and, and give a kind of overview of what can you do? It's like a, it's like a, taster sneak peek what can you do to sort of support yourself in the summer so um i know that you've got some some ideas to share so what what's the headline kate what in terms of looking to the summer sure i I am so excited for talking about this in the month of mondays and i'll be focusing on developing effective slow productivity sessions i'm very interested in developing effective but accessible literal productivity sessions. And if you're working on your academic work over the summer, you're going to have many productivity sessions. You might have a long project, a big project, and you break it down into steps and tasks. But when you actually go to your desk to work on it, that's when you might feel overwhelmed. There's so much to do. How are you ever going to choose what you want to work on? And Just a couple of things to mention today that that I think are heavy hitters. There's a a lot to be gained from thinking about these. First, thinking about um, choosing a task that's accessible to you during a productivity session. And to do that, you could look at your larger project that you're working on and select a task that feels accessible based on your personal resources. So your resources are going to be the time you have that day, how you feel physically, mentally, emotionally, checking in with that, thinking about what would be um, 
Like literally like what furniture do you have accessible to you? If you think that you're going to have back pain, you might need to work in bed or lay on the floor or something that's accessible. And how does that limit the tasks that you need to work on that day? So choosing a particular task that you're going to be able to go with the flow of working on. For example, if you have brain fog that day, then what kind of task is more accessible and easy for you to do when you have brain fog versus, you know, a day when you're like, I had my caffeine, I had a great night of sleep, I'm feeling like I can really focus on like critical, creative thinking work right now. So choosing a task that is accessible for you based on your personal resources that day. And also thinking about choosing a particular focus for that day. So you just because you have the whole summer and you have potentially like, sweet, I have my kids are in summer camp today. Um, all my errands are done. I could work for eight hours straight and just binge and just get everything done, which we might feel urgency or scarcity that we need to do that. Could you instead choose your must-do tasks? Like what is the highest priority task that you want to work on? Maybe you can set a two-hour work session, accomplish it, and then end for the day, right? So those are two things as I'm thinking about preparing for summer, not um, exhausting yourself by binging and getting as much work done as possible because there's this pressure and around scarcity and urgency that we experience in the realm of academia. Mm -hmm. um, and also notice noting that your personal resources of time, energy, focus, physical and mental comfort and energy, you want to reserve some of those for things like if you have kids, taking them to the pond to go swimming <laughs> or, you know, going for a walk or taking a yoga class or something that's going to nourish you as well. Um, because in the realm of academia, we think of summer as a time to catch up on our work and potentially maybe our advisors who were, you know, doing their PhDs in the 60s, like, they could do that, but realistically, we're also balancing childcare. We're balancing part-time work or full-time work. We're balancing, um, you know, other summer things that we want to be doing. So remembering that it doesn't have to just be a like two-month-long retreat where you're working every day. Do you know what I mean? So those are those are two key things. So I'd love to hear what, what do you think about that? No, what resonated for you? I love this so much. I love it so much. That, so the, the, that first thing of when we we when we're planning, we tend to. I've got my hand right up here. We tend to plan for our best selves every day. All right. So I'm going to do that, and I'm going to feel like you say. I'm going to feel amazing. I'm going to have had a good night's sleep, and um and and those days do happen, but not always <laughs> yeah and so and and then people can become so um self-critical or feel defeated or a failure when that when that isn't the day and so I love love this advice of kind of well, what 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 you is showing up and what do you need then to support yourself in this rather than just having a go at yourself <laughs> um, <laughs> how can you go okay well this is the me that's shown up this is the me with brain fog this is the me with this much energy what is possible so I, lo I love that I love that sense of or oh, a, a planning that acknowledges you as a human being which I think also goes into that second point isn't it about the about the kind of going right eight hours straight on through no breaks <laughs> nothing and right. it's kind of like actually like you say maybe because the thing is as well as you say you'll end up exhausting yourself and that's what people often do over the summer 
because they just exhaust themselves and then start a new academic year exhausted mm. and thinking about, well, how, how can I be in this moment and do my best work now and set myself up for the the future me that needs energy and rest and recuperation and also needs to do good work in the meantime isn't it because I think that those that 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 two-hour session which allows you then to step away and think and and do some reflective um spacious thinking yeah could really benefit you rather than tying yourself to a desk yeah, I wonder if you. I know the thing is, I'm preaching to the choir here. So tell, yeah. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about tell us about the, that two hour session and how because I think a lot of people out there will be going, yeah, well, but I've got loads to do. I've got loads. You don't tell me to just do two hours. I've I've got to. I've got loads to do. Tell us, Kate, why that why that is good. Yeah, totally. This is excellent. I I love chatting with you about this stuff on the podcast. <laughs> yes, it won't yes, be just yes, chat yes. otherwise because we're so in sync. Um, no, this is an. Maybe folks who are listening have had this experience before, but sometimes it's possible to have a you know more effective, efficient two-hour focus block when you are working on a specific task and you have a limited expectation of your output versus like, I'm just going to start and see where I get to, right? It's It might be more accessible to say, I'm going to write 300 words and then stop instead of like, I'm just going to write. So when you have a particular limit that you set for yourself or a boundary around the time that you're working or the amount of words or pages that you're going to read or write, it sets a little goal for you that you can hit. And for some people, gamifying our productivity can be a really effective motivator. Sometimes knowing once I hit this, you know, small task, complete this task or this this small amount of work, then I'm free for the day and giving ourselves permission to pat ourselves on the back, check it off our to-do list and move on. That can create more momentum and make us feel better about our productivity and our progress, particularly if we're working on a long-term task like a dissertation where sometimes we feel like it's never going to end. Because if you're measuring your progress by saying, I completed a chapter, which I know my first dissertation chapter took me a year <laughs> to write. Um, so if you are measuring your success by then, you don't give yourself a gold star until you complete something so long. That's not going to be as motivating as if you set smaller bite size goals and tasks for yourself. And I talked in our other interview, thinking about the Goldilocks approach to productivity, like choosing a task that's just right for you. So something that is, if you give yourself a time limit, I'm just using two hours, that's arbitrary. For you, it might be one or five. Um, but if it's five, please take breaks. <laughs> and uh, But choosing choosing a task that you can actually focus on and that you can actually complete, you're going to chip away at your larger project instead of just spinning your wheels for six hours at a time and then feeling exhausted and feeling like you don't even have anything to show for it. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. And because what we want to avoid is that afternoon delete because yeah. it's, that, it's kind of, you, 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 get to, you can get to that point, we've all been there. Where you're like, oh, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Right, this just looks nonsense. I'm just going to start deleting all of that out. And so actually, you're you're better off having, like you said, having that time where you you're working in a focused, energized way, rather than thinking. You know, longer is not always better. Like it, it, it because you can get to the point where you then start 
to delete the things and you end up as you say at the end of the day feeling like you haven't completed anything whereas mm-hmm. if you if you stopped earlier on and and then were able to come back to look at it with fresh eyes you might be surprised also just side note don't delete anything always oh, yeah. always copy paste to another thing start again because you can guarantee you'll get halfway through that that bit won't you and then go oh no I said it much better before <laughs> delete it that is gone um, true. No, this is true. And this makes me think like the Pomodoro method is so popular for, for knowledge workers and academics. And it can be helpful when we're working on a long-term complex multi-step project to measure our progress by the time we're spending versus like the amount of fully edited and, you know, perfect language that we've written. Right. So like it, particularly if you're feeling stuck um, it's a ver- an aversive task. You don't want to get started. Something like the Pomodoro method saying, I'm going to set a timer for 25 minutes and just do whatever I do. And then I'm checking a Pomodoro off my to-do list for today instead of, you know, um, like I, I wrote and revised my method section. That's, you know, this is making our, um, it's like a, what's that phrase? Like, it's like a marathon, not a sprint or something, (laughs) you know, like it's um, valuing and, and praising yourself and feeling good about making small incremental progress on a long-term goal is key. So one thing you could do is measure by time spent instead of, for example, words written or pages read. I love that. And I love this sense of motivating yourself because this is really real, you know, this is real and you, you're, you need to get yourself back in that chair on a regular basis and if it's a horrible place to be you're not going to want to be there will you so I think I love this idea of of kind of ticking off motivating um I want to I want to ask you just about this kind of this bigger thing so that's in in a particular day but but we're thinking about this and sort of motivating yourself in the particular day um but I know that you're really good about thinking of breaking down projects and this sense of people often have this kind of this feel like the summer is a is a huge space and a huge amount of time so if people are looking ahead to the summer do you have some thoughts or advice on how they might start to plan out their summer or think mm-hmm. about the summer yeah totally so today i i talk a lot about like making goals actionable and achievable and so far today, you and I have been talking about like the achievability of goals and yeah. making goals more actionable. We know what choices to make and what what tasks to do in the order in which to do them. So th- the most typical thing we think of with breaking down a larger goal is, you know, reverse engineering it based on the deadline that we want to hit. And if we're pr- approaching this from like this slow productivity, sustainable productivity lens, of course, I'm looking at my wall calendar right now and I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's imagine you have like August, July and June for your summer. It's It would be easy for you to go through every single week and say, this is what I'm going to do Monday through Friday. I'm going to go write five days a week. And by the time I'm done with August, I will have written, I don't know, 30,000 words or something like that. And my suggestion would be to give yourself blank space for taking vacations, for resting, for just space that you might need. And just across the board as a productivity tool, this is what I suggest to folks is Often when people are like, I'll write five days a week. I'm like, how about you say three days a week? Like give yourself that wiggle room because you might inevitably need it, but also it's just a kindness to yourself to have rest. So 
if you, that, that would be my first suggestion when no, you're no, breaking down it. your goal and assigning it. Like once you do it, go through and remove some because we, when we set our goals, it feels really good to be like, holy cow, by the end of the summer, I will have had this thing done. It feels really great to just set that goal, but preparing to like take care of future you by having the spaciousness there is, is like a really kind thing. And also schedule, if you are going to have um, like retreats you set up for yourself, or maybe you have days where you're working a lot more um that's that's totally fine right but like give yourself some spaciousness when you're done with that as well so you can rest other things that could help is setting up accountability if you benefit from that i love a co-working session so if you have a colleague or a buddy that you want to set up regular meetings where you'll either work together or share your updates with one another. For example, if your advisor is away in the summer and you're not sharing with them, do you have other colleagues who you could just, you don't even need to read each other's chapters. You could just check in and share your goals and have that external accountability. So those are two things to think about. Sure, you can break down your goal into steps, into tasks, but give yourself blank space and wiggle room it's set up um, accountability if that's going to help you to hit those smaller deadlines in between and keep up your momentum. I love that. I love that. And it's the thing, is it? Things always take longer than you think. Always. Oh my gosh, always, yeah. Always, always. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them, some of them should, and some of them maybe shouldn't. <laughs> some of them are good for just to set a boundary and to say, no, I only am spending a day on this abstract. It's a, it's a waste of my time to spend more than that. Like though that's some tasks that you can limit and other ones just are going to take a long time because the behind the scenes thinking and, you know, brainstorming labor that we do as academics is huge. And we often forget how much time that takes. Yeah. 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 It, we do. We do. Cause I think the emphasis on, is on the, on the writing and getting the writing out, but actually it's all that thinking that goes before it. That's what brings the quality to your work. Mm-hmm. And that that's when you can't be exhausted because you can't think, can you, if you're exhausted? So, mm-hmm. so I, lo- I love this. I love this, the making space and also the co-working. Cause I think people start off and go, hooray, I'm going to be, I'm going to be able to lock myself away for the summer. Hooray, hooray. And then go, oh no, no. no I'm missing people no I'm missing the people so I think it's brilliant to think about how you might you might set that in oh I love this I love this so much um I'm aware of time Kate but I I want to you're going to be doing a session as part of this month of Mondays and you're going to be going much into much more detail about slow productivity and about um just setting yourself up and setting systems up for a good, useful, productive summer, um, yeah. uh, which is going to be gorgeous. And it, it's a, it will be, we're doing, it's a series of four live sessions across the month of um, June on a Monday, funnily enough. Um, and and um, and you're there and um, we've got someone on mindfulness, someone on work-life balance, someone on writing. Um, and so people can sign up. We'll have the, the details in the show notes and people can sign up. We, we, get such a buzz out of helping people don't we Kate I just I, it's, yeah. it's the thing is because we have both been there we know how this is um it's it, we want to we want to help you not have that learn from our mistakes right <laughs> oh totally yeah I mean I learned from my past me really yes. really went through it um yes. and thankfully that you know I now have 
this, not just like the skills that I've learned, but also just the shift in perspective around not like still wanting to be an independent scholar and publish and research and write, um, but do it in a way that is actually sustainable. This is this is hard won knowledge, people. <laughs> let, <laughs> let us let us share it with you. Um, so hopefully we will see see lots of you there. But um, as as we go, okay, I always ask my very unfair question at the end. But um, do you have any top tips for us to sort of take away in terms of thinking about planning for the summer? Hmm. This is something, this is like a top tip. This is also something that's just been on my mind a lot, both for myself and like my my clients and just people I'm seeing, like thinking about differentiating between like what's a front burner task and what's a back burner task. Often when we have a long, like a list of projects we're working on, we have limited time, energy, focus, you know, like physical and mental resources to work on it. So being very careful about, um, I need to get this done this week or this month. And like, actually that thing can wait until fall. Right. So, or that thing can wait until next month. So that's, that's been on my mind, just being curious about if there's something that actually should be on the back burner so that you can really focus on the things on the front burner, the more, the more, um, timely, more important priorities. I love that. And and that often I love I love that you said be curious about it because they aren't all it's not always obvious, is it? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's not fun. It might be like the thing that we have to put on a back burner. We're like, that's much more like for me, I'm like, no, oh, I'm gonna I play know. that new video game. And I'm like, no, no, you have to like do these other things first. You <laughs> you know, so I, I feel that. No, exactly. No, exactly. Exactly. I, I, because it's that thing of wanting to do all the things. I want to do all the things all the time. Um, and what what am I going to have to let go of? What am I going to have to not go? So that is that. That's it's painful, but it's tough love, isn't it? It's tough love. Yeah. And it's not for forever. You know, future yeah. you can return to that other project or that other interesting rabbit hole you want to go through. But right now, you um, can focus on on something else, so you can hit that that smaller goal you're working on. Thank you so much, Kate. I thank you. I just, I just love your energy around this, and I love the 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 thoughtfulness and the the reflective tools that you give people to to help them do their best work in the best way. It's, it's brilliant. Um, so mm-hmm. I will. Um, I'll, your all your details will be in the in the show notes as well, and the link to your first episode um, when you were talking about the Goldilocks approach, um, which is gorgeous. Um, so thank you so much for being here, Kate. Awesome, thank you so much, Emma. It's really truly such a pleasure to chat with you about this. Amazing, and thank you all for listening, and hopefully see you in the month of Mondays. Thank you. Mm-hmm.